0: All right, great. So, um, John, thank you so much for joining us. That's my pleasure. It's it's great to have you um, from Topsham. I'm, is that right? That's quite right. yeah. Oh, super, brilliant. Um, so, I'm going to basically just ask you a few questions about about science. Now, obviously, it's it's kind of it's such a broad area to to just say God and science is um, in some ways just. Uh, it's a huge area. It's not a very, it's not a very narrow set of questions there. No, um, so we'll, we'll do what we can in kind of 20, 25 minutes or so. Um, so great. Cool. Um, so John, can you, could you just start maybe by um, just telling us a little bit about yourself, how you got into science um, all that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's partly a crazy story. Um, I grew up on the southern edge, a southeastern edge of London, in a council estate. Uh, and we were within five minutes' walk of of the London Greenbelt, which to this day still remains a Greenbelt. I, I looked at it on Google Earth recently. Uh, and, you know, I and my other small children, friends from the primary school, we used to wander around the woods and the fields, and I just got absolutely hooked on nature, as it was called then. You know, the pr- uh, primary schools always did nature study. Uh, and I had um, two teachers who were really keen on nature. And so that kind of reinforced my 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 interests and passions and led to doing sciences in grammar school uh, and finally uh, going to Cambridge to, to do natural sciences and then a PhD. So it all started as an eight-year-old on a long, South London council estate. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, brilliant. Oh, I'm on the full screen again. Um, so obviously, as we said, um, science is, is a huge, is a huge, huge field. So huge, Yeah. What is your kind of, what's your specific area within science and, and kind of, I guess we've talked a bit about where did you do your science? What was it particularly that, that drew you into that?
1: well uh, when I went to Cambridge I thought I was going to be come out the other end as a you know an ecologist studying um, interactions of organisms in the environment uh, in a, a very scientific way but I got completely hooked on genetics and biochemistry during the, the course of the undergraduate program and did a a PhD in in biochemistry Uh, and so although I still absolutely love the outdoors and have a great passion for the environment, uh, uh, my profession has been in the area of biochemistry and in very particular in the biochemistry of how genes work and so I've I've been working for the whole of my career more or less on DNA and genes uh, and the way that genes work in the life of an organism, the way that genes respond to environmental insult. Uh, I've done some work on uh, virus genes, including a virus with a, a very similar genetic structure to coronavirus. Um, a, a plant pathogen, though, not an animal pathogen, but it works in exactly the same way as coronavirus. So I've made contributions there too. So but it's, uh, it, it, DNA and genes has been my... Bread and butter.
0: Okay. Wow. Gosh, that this is very current. This is even more current than I realised. It oh, was. it's very current. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> um, so, um, where would you say where has kind of where's God hidden Himself in this science? When I say hidden, I suppose um, where is God's design shown in? Yeah. In science, but perhaps particularly in your area.
1: Well, it's it's quite difficult because I think you know I've 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 done my science mostly in. Um, higher, higher education institutions, universities, and also in in government and industrial labs. So I've seen science going on, you know, right at the interface between what we know and what we don't know. Um, and it's got hidden in that. It's very hard to it's very hard to know what is hidden until you uncover it. Is how something works. Uh, and um, I would say that doing research in in any detailed area, uh, if you you are a believer, reveals to you some of how the creator's mind works. Uh, And so there is a sense in which, yes, God is hidden, uh, but is also apparent. Uh, And and one of my stories is that I can remember a particular moment when one of my postdoctoral researchers in my research team and I had designed an experiment to answer a question that had come up because of what we'd already found out and so we designed an experiment to try to answer it Uh, and um, the results came through uh, and uh, it showed that our theory, uh, our hypothesis, I should say, was correct that what we had surmised happened in the cell actually did. Uh, and it, it's, it's amazing, you know, that there's nobody else in the world that knows that, unless there's some secret group working on the same thing in Australia, <laughs> but there's nobody else in the world that knows yet. Uh, in my case, between me and Karen and my technician, Paul, um, the three of us were the first in the world to know that. And it kind of makes the back of your hair stand up. But I also think to myself, and I guess my technician did too, because that particular technician was also a Christian believer, that actually God knew that already. Mm. And so you have this this idea that, as Kepler talked about, of of thinking God's thoughts after him. Uh, and I think also sometimes, as we become more familiar with the way the world works, or in my case, with the way that genes work, you can get a bit, bit blase about it. But you know, I've just written a book, uh, a book on apologetics. It's all about finding God in science. And and as you write down. How the cells are using their genes—you think this is not commonplace. This is not, you know, this is this is a, the work of a genius, as I put it into one sixth form group. The work of a genius, uh, and so, um, if you like, God is not hidden in the science per se, um, but God, uh, for me, His creative genius is revealed in what we find out about the about how the world
0: works. Does that make sense? yeah no that's that's really good so I mean my next question in in some ways it's um it's quite a tough one and it's it's one that perhaps we we will always be um working out the answer to maybe it's not one there's a there's a clear and obvious answer to but um we talk about the phrase on earth as it is in heaven a yeah, lot yeah. as Christians and we and and that's a, a lot of where this series on God and culture is coming from we we want God's culture on earth as it is in heaven and obviously at the moment um when we when we look particularly at, at coronavirus obviously um we think gosh there's there's something amiss at the moment that we're not quite there yet it's not quite um it's not quite the same on earth yet as it is in heaven um what's uh, what's your thinking around that i don't know if that's if you've got yeah I, I mean,
1: I, I mean vi- viruses themselves are amazing things what they do um Uh, But it raises the whole question of suffering and pain and illness and how does that fit in with God's world and I have to say say, uh, as a biologist uh, that in some senses suffering is built into the biological system, Um, you know, uh, predation, we've all seen those lovely chases on David Attenborough's films, but predation. illnesses caused by bacteria, fungi, and viruses, but they seem to me to be part of the way the world is. I think uh, you'd be hard pushed to find a Christian biologist who thinks that it was the fall that caused illness because, you know, before the fall there were dinosaurs and they had arthritis and so on. So (laughs) um, so in terms of on earth as in heaven, um, I think All I I would say about that is that, um, if you like, the the creative genius of God will reveal itself in a different way in heaven, in a way that we we do not know. But for the moment, as somebody who is living on Earth, then I think I've got two jobs to do as a scientist. I think one is to... um, Well, I think it is my... uh, We think we'll almost certainly come to calling later, but I think, one, the job I chose to do involved, one, uh, understanding how the world works, and two, conveying that to uh, young people, many of whom I can see, well... uh, of the generation I can see on the screen in front of me here, <laughs> so, um, whose attention I've been very grateful for over a long period of my career. so to to, to do that properly, um, I think is is part of being revealing God, revealing heaven, uh, have high standards uh, both in your behaviour and so on, but also I think it's a bit like I mean Copernicus said that worship um, or science research was a form of worship. Because surely it was more honorable to the most high to to be knowledgeable rather than being ignorant um, uh, he he phrased it in rather more um cumbersome medieval terms than that, but that's more or less what he said so I think that's that's how I see one way I see of of bringing heaven to earth is doing the job properly and then sharing that information about god's creation. The other thing I think is that to use our skills and our talents wisely um, you know your 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 musical ability, for example, sharing that with people to uplift their souls um, in my case, making sure that the scientific knowledge I've generated is used to the good of humankind, and so some of the work we've done was aiming to change genes so that crops became more climate resilient, for example or or became more resistant to virus pathogens uh, and that seemed to me to be uh, an appropriate use of the science so two things there one the science itself and secondly the way we use it i think bothly both of those could bring uh something of heaven to earth
0: mm. i love that john i love that you've um mentioned about how doing what you're called to do is is a form of worship is a huge area of worship doing what you're called to do and doing it really really well um, is such an important way to worship, and I think we can we can sometimes get quite a narrow view of worship. So it's really good to just think, hold on a minute. When whatever whatever area of culture we're called to work in or be in, um, doing that is part of our worship. That's really really good. Um, so, what do you believe God is calling us as Christians? I guess to to be in this area. You've kind of talked a bit about that. Um, and how can we how can we be a blessing? I guess to the field of science. Um, even if maybe even if we're not specifically scientists, but also if we are,
1: yeah, I mean I think, I think one of these I just said I think i 'd repeat that that anybody uh, who goes into science needs to have high ethical standards in terms of you know not not cheating, not 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 producing spurious results, And I think Christians uh, may be as tempted by the potential fame as anybody else, and so I think I think we can bless the profession, and non-Christian can do this too, bless the profession by observing the, the ethical standards of the profession, um, but two, I think also bringing, bringing a human touch. Um, so I tried to run my research team, not in a kind of top-down way, but as, as a genuine team of which I just happened to be the captain. Um, and And decided, therefore, on the tactics, more, more like a cricket captain, therefore, than a football captain um, but um, everybody everybody had a, heart, a part to play, and also when I was head of Biosciences, which was a really, really tough call, um, exercising Christian grace, <laughs> um, again, it was questioned that everybody um, had a part to play, and it 's quite interesting i i um I was on the campus a few months ago and and met somebody who had been quite a junior technician when I was in charge and had now risen to run the whole IT and the biosciences. And he said, it's not like it was, John, when you were head of department, we were all part of the team and we all realised that we were valued. But under the kind of very tough, much more financially oriented regime we now have in our education, it's very much more difficult. So I think the way that you actually conduct yourself in your research team or in the organisation in which you are placed is quite important.
0: Yes, and I think that's a really good point. And that's a nice that's a nice point that really um, goes across all areas, really, about um, working with teams and, and being, um, being God and being... Being like being like God, sorry, in in whatever area you're called to, and really doing it honorably, and, and setting a real heavenly culture in in whatever you're called to. Um. So specifically, why? Yeah, why is it important for Christians to be in science? I don't know if I've kind of maybe asked that already. I don't know. Um...
1: Well, I don't know. I think I think it's an area. It's 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 a, a, a genuine area of of human activity. I mean, the series is called God and Culture. Uh, and, and here in the um, first part of the 21st century, uh, in all industrial nations, scientific research is really embedded completely into the day-to-day activities of the countries. Uh, significant amounts of GDP uh, come, go from government into research, significant amounts of industrial money go from go into research, and so it is part of our culture in in the broadest sense. And it would seem very strange if God didn't call some people to serve in science. Uh, I can remember really being thrilled. Um, by the time I was about 15, I discovered that, you know, that you could actually earn money by being a biologist, but I wasn't really, you know, wasn't, uh, I came from a working class home, so we didn't know anything really about kind of what I might call um, academic or middle class um, uh, uh, jobs and so on. And I discovered you could become a biologist, and so I remember the curate at our church when I was in confirmation classes when I was about 15, said, do you have any idea, John, what you want to do in life? And I said, I want to be a scientist. And he kind of confirmed that. He said, that could be your calling. We need more of you. So I think it is important. Um, In my area of science, I will say in in the area of genes and DNA, there are probably a a smaller proportion of Christians than there are, shall we say, in physics. Um, Physicists are completely bowled over by the kind of accuracy with which the universe works. Whereas um, in molecular biology, you know, genetics has has got its difficult sides and and, uh, although the mechanisms are absolutely mind-blowing, as we've hinted just now, you know, genetic diseases and so on might make some people think, well, if there is a God, doesn't really care very much for us. So for me, it has been a genuine calling uh, and uh, it's good to know that one or two others have gone into the same field, you know, so
0: wonderful. Great, thank you so much, John. And um, we've got a few more minutes, and I wondered if you've got anything when you were kind of thinking about this evening, um did you have anything particular that you felt you would like to say to us as a group of young adults um anything that anything that popped into mind as you were thinking about this evening? Well, I think I would say I would say three things uh
1: one is recognize the value of your number numbers who are scientists uh, when I was when I was at Cambridge you know the, the idea you might have a call or, the, or despite what the curate had said the idea that you might have a calling to be a molecular biologist didn't really enter into things you know if you wanted to be a vicar or a doctor uh, or a missionary that was fine but if you want to say I actually want to work on DNA and test tubes oh really <laughs> so so do support and and honor those who, who are called to that area but two also I think take notice of what Believing scientists are saying you know in in the scriptures they uh, you know the 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 ancient people of Israel and indeed new testament jews weren 't scientists, and yet they saw God in their understanding of the way the world worked and so you know, the psalmist in psalm eight psalm nineteen you 've got job amazing descriptions of how nature worked you 've got Jesus who is um, uh, Pointing us at the wildflowers, um, and all pointing in their view at God. But He didn't stop there. Uh, even even in the Old Testament times, there was um, a step into relationship. So Psalm eight, I, I'm amazed that you care for us. But you you know you've given us responsibility. Uh, in Psalm nineteen, you know that your laws for us are good. And so I would say that um, you know. That that to me is is a major major thing that we scientists can say, and I I would love it if people could could listen to that. But also I would say rejoice in the work of science. You know, this the the being able to sequence the genome of a virus. We've done DNA sequencing in my lab, but it was it was very very cumbersome back in the day. (laughs) You know, it it took a long time to get a gene sequence give thanks for the fact we can now, now sequence DNA in a, in a virus in space of maybe two hours. We can sequence your genome uh, in space of 36 hours, <laughs> and you've got a lot more DNA than a virus. Wow. So I'm going give thanks to science, I would say, because uh, science has helped us to fight this, this pandemic. So I would say those two things, to me, would be would be very very important and and um, if you know a scientist hug a scientist today (laughs) (laughs) we need to be loved. (laughs) Well John thank you so much